airline industry workers, like so many others during this unprecedented health and economic crisis, are teetering on the edge. Tens of thousands of airline workers are out of jobs this weekend. The federal government's $25 billion payroll support program has expired. Thousands of airline workers have already received furlough notices. Thousands more are wondering if they'll be next, and their future lies in the hands of our federal government, still unable or unwilling to agree on desperately needed funding to save jobs and support the aviation industry. In the middle of this crisis, a rogue labor group is attempting to divide union members by raiding the unions that represent mechanics at American Airlines. On this podcast, we talk to the TWU International President John Samuelson and TWU International Vice President Gary Peterson on what is at stake and why is it happening now. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. The two largest airline industry unions, the Transport Workers Union, TWU, and the International Association of Machinists, IAM, represent over 12,000 mechanics who work for American Airlines. TWU and IAM, which are affiliated with the AFL-CIO, recently won a grueling contract battle with American Airlines. The mechanics overwhelmingly approved the contract negotiated by their unions. But now, just months down the road and in the middle of an unprecedented health and economic crisis, a rogue labor group is attempting to raid the mechanics, trying to convince them to leave their union. It's not the first time AMFA, the Aircraft Mechanics Fraternal Association, has done this. And by the sound of it, it likely will not be the last. Joining me on the line to talk about what's going on and what's at stake for the workers is TWU International President John Samuelson and TWU International Vice President Gary Peterson. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so, thank you. And so, John, I'd like to start with you. When we talk about a raid, what exactly does that mean? I think the most basic definition is that one union tries to steal the members of another union, members that are already enrolled and represented by another union. And and that's exactly what's going on here. The 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 jet mechanics and associated mechanics at American Airlines have been with the, the TWU and, and now under this association with the IAM uh, since the merger of American Airlines and US Air uh, for decades. And AMFA is coming in and, uh, and doing what I would describe as an absolute bottom feeding rating uh, by trying to essentially steal the mechanics and, and bring them under the umbrella of AMFA. And it's, uh, it's outrageous, it's appalling, it's disgusting. It's, it's the exact opposite of what trade unionism is and so how do they do that? I mean, do, do they work directly? Do they directly go after the members kind of quietly? Yeah, I think in the, in, the, in this case, they, they have the, the, the AMPA organization has support among some TW members who are essentially organizing on AMPA's behalf among the other mechanics. And, you know, in any union, it would be easy to find uh, some members that are discontented and what they've gone, what they've done is gone around and and stoked that discontent, and tried to get members to betray their their own union and and jump ship and and join up with AMFA. So, John, tell us who is AMFA and what is it that they're trying to do? So, AMFA is a is what we would call a craft union that represents uh, mechanics and that at least alleges to seek to represent only mechanics and jet mechanics. 
And so it's a it's a craft union, and that would be as opposed to an industrial union like the Transport Workers Union that seeks to represent all titles at an employer like American Airlines. And the TWU believes that the worker power lies in representing as many titles across the board in an industry or at an employer, and then using that representation across the board to bear down to bear down pressure and leverage on that employer. And AMPA uh, believes that culling out a, uh, a specific title like jet mechanic and pulling them away from the rest of the employees of that, of that in, in this case, American Airline, is a better method of trade unionism. And, and we absolutely reject that. We think that worker power is absolutely diminished when workers are, are separated and pulled apart. Uh, we believe that industrial trade unionism is the way to go. Um, ironically, we just settled uh, really an industry-leading contract that advanced the livelihoods of jet mechanics in ways that a craft union such as AMPA could have never done. And one of the primary reasons we were able to accomplish that is because we represent uh, the fleet side and the maintenance side at American Airlines, and we were able to bear down an overwhelming amount of leverage in these negotiations with American Airlines. And that simply would have never happened if we only represented uh, one title or one class. And AMPA, <laughs> ironically, is <clears throat> would have never been able to produce this contract and yet waited for the contract to be settled to swoop down and, and raid us. So that, that's where we're at right now. Right. And that's really what it's always about. It's speaking with one voice, getting everybody together. And of course, you'd have more power right? You know, across all of those different work groups. It makes total sense instead of going in and trying to water it down and have a small group separate. Um, so I'm wondering about the timing of it in the middle of the crisis when unions are focused on saving jobs and keeping workers safe. You've got the $25 billion payroll support program that just expired, and there's been furloughs as a result and threats of more. Do you think the timing by AMFA was deliberate? I think the timing is despicable. I think AMFA is doing everything they can, and the organizers that are working on their behalf are doing everything they can to exploit the pandemic, uh, doing this in the midst of the pandemic when every other union in, in the transportation industry and in particular the airline industry is focusing all of their resources and efforts in the fight to achieve secondary funding and frankly in the in the fight to achieve the, the payroll support to begin with. Uh, AMPA was a no-show. While every other union was doing that, AMPA was busy uh, raiding us and organizing a, a raid of uh, of the TW and the IAM. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't think the timing is a coincidence. I think that, uh, that it's a kind of a low life move and, and never let a crisis go unexploited. So why, and why wouldn't they just organize workers who aren't already represented by a union? They're going after your members. Why can't they just go, you know, organize those that are not organized? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. AMFA, to my knowledge, has never done that, I, I believe. And, and you know, I, I'd, be I'd be happy to be corrected, but, it, but I believe that every single unit that they represent in the United States was stolen from another union. Uh, that's, that seems to be their ethos, their organizing philosophy to, to steal workers from another union rather than go out there and organize. And the shame of that is, is that aviation workers across the country right now are reaching out uh, to to be organized in in at an unprecedented level 
there's there are organizing opportunities right now and and those opportunities are going to double and triple in the aftermath of this pandemic and the economic catastrophe that's that's uh, that's associated with the pandemic so it's a, it's a cry and shame really so Gary Peterson is also on the line Gary um, in the past, hasn't AMFA reached out to TWU for help? Yeah, during the um, Southwest contract negotiations, I happened to be at an event that was, uh, it, it was an airline event um, about on outsourcing. Ironically, we go to it every year. They didn't have it this year. Um, but it's a conference that basically shows who our outsourcing competition really is. And in that, there's a skills competition for mechanics where I happen to run into AMFA's national director and, and some of the folks from the IBT, the Teamsters were there. And their national director asked if, if we would mind talking to him because they had rated IBT to get on the property at Southwest. And so, you know, being, um, I guess, cordial, during that uh, time frame, we met and we talked and, uh, there was an ask by AMPA for us to, to let bygones be bygones. They wanted to change the, um, the optics of their organization. That's what their national director presented to us. There were several of us there, not just myself. And so we listened. And uh, at the end of it, it was, the, you know, the agreement would be, you know, a handshake agreement would be that we would take that back to our internationals, um, both TW and IBT. And, um, and we would, we would talk with our leadership about, forming a coalition, but it had to be with a no rate clause. And he committed to that. Um, that's the only reason this, this even came to fruition. And that conversation began. Um, we started down that road. We actually supported AMFA at the Southwest heavily um, in getting their contracts after their first TA failed, ratified. Um, we were there on the ground trying to support them. We brought them into our labor coalition um, that we had there. And uh, and they went and backstabbed us on it. There's nothing else that can be said. It's That's just a cold, hard fact. Yeah, it feels like a real slap in the face. Well, um, it, you know, it's bigger than that. Um, you know, John talks about or talked about, you know, um, how we interact with one another. This isn't something that's new. Mm -hmm. And I've never, I'm not an apologist for anybody. I've, I've fought like John has against um, leadership within our own organization when I thought they were doing the wrong thing. We finally have a contract uh, after many, many years of, of what I would argue, uh, I argued against the leadership on how we went. We finally get a contract in place that leads the industry. Um, I think we have an organization that stands up front and, and fights for our mechanics like nobody has ever done. AMFA has no ability and never has even come close to doing. And yet, to John's point, they have organizers on the ground that want to exploit opportunity. And what I would say is, <laughs> I look at some of the organizers, and and quite honestly, they're they're the poster children for the company. I, I'm I'm mm. terrified of of where they're taking this membership with what they're trying to sell them, and they can't deliver. Um, the fact is, we've delivered. We've delivered over the years. I you know, again, I'm not an apologist for people's mistakes. Um, I will fight for this membership. But what I won't do is stand in front of a bunch of, uh, you know, snake oil salesmen telling them what they, they're going to do. They don't even they've never represented a contract, let alone understand what's inside. it. So let me ask you about that. You mentioned the significant contract recently with American Airlines. If I'm a mechanic for American, what did TWU mm -hmm. what were you able to negotiate for me? Um, well, look, there's no, you know, we went through a bankruptcy, um, airways went through a bankruptcy. We were able to recover things that were taken back in the bankruptcy. Our scope, which is our job protection clause 
is the best in the industry by far. We were able to bring back work in-house that was being outsourced. Domestically, nobody can work on any any American Airlines aircraft that has um, scheduled maintenance on it. Um, internationally, the work that was, you know, predominantly, I would argue, we had no way of controlling. Now we have a captive number of what can be done outside the U.S., and it is a, a, a mere fraction of what can be done domestically. It's, and I'm just going to say, it's 10% of of the overall maintenance. What was an unknown right now is is um, controlled. And when I say controlled, 10% of all American scheduled maintenance can be done outside of organized labor. Um, we understand how that process works. AMFA, AMFA outsources, I would argue, 97% of their, their labor. They only have 2.75 people per aircraft, where we have 14 per aircraft. Um, they have no caps in place. They have stations where their, their mechanics only work one shift. And then what happens? Who does that work? Uh, that, 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 that's what is scary about the proposition. Um, and if you don't mind me just saying this, John made mention of the raids on other organizations. AMFA's contracts were raids through IBT and IAM, IBT at Southwest, IAM at Alaska, and uh, uh, IBT at Horizon. Those are the groups that they represent. And every time these raids have happened, it's one thing to raid and, and get on the property, but it, then it's you know, which is despicable to begin with. But then after that, what have you gained since then? Mm-hmm. In 20 years, there's been no gains in these contracts outside of pay rates. And those pay rates um, are nothing to, with the, the amount of outsourcing that takes place. We, we make the same money that they make. And again, we have 14 mechanics per aircraft. They have 2.75 on the same, same using the same ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, that just shows you the difference in, in what a real union can provide versus a story of what they want to sell. Well, I know we've seen broad support in your fight with AMFA. State federations from all across the country are supporting you. So um, to both of you, what can people listening do to help you expose AMFA and put an end to this raid? And I know you've both been out there trying to you know, raise awareness among your membership, but anyone else listening, is there something that they can do to support you? Yeah. So the answer to that is just look at their track record in history. Um, you know, they, they, they raided at Northwest and they went out on strike. Um, that was many years ago. And I don't want to go into the back and forth of why organized labor didn't support them. Organized labor didn't support them in that they raided the AFL CIO. They got on the property with no plan and they didn't know what to do. And they walked their folks off the property through a bad plan. Um, they took on United. They were able to get enough cards signed at United and they were there for five years um, it was IAM prior to that. It's IBT now. And in the five years, they collected dues and walked away and, and left the membership stranded. They have no plan. The same thing here. What, what we're talking about is, is collect, it's, this isn't a dues collection process. This is about representing the contract and understanding the contract. Their officers are all, they talk about democracy. Their officers are all elected out of one local in Dallas because that's the largest local they have. If we ran our business that way or our union that way, um, Local 100 would have sole control of the whole entity. John and I strive to make sure every group's represented in the air division, and and our staff clearly shows that. Um, People say we're appointed. I've been elected to every position along the way I've been in, um, up into and including this international vice president's position, which I'm proud to hold. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make changes. Nothing should stay static. 
AMPA stayed static for the last 20 plus years. Um, as far as if you look at their contracts, they've gained nothing but economics. And in their last contract, seven years at Southwest, all they really achieved was back pay for their members for the seven years they lost out on. And they freely admitted that multiple times over the negotiations. They had no plan, no strategy to get those negotiations closed, and they made no scope gains. Hmm. John, do you have something to add to that? What people listening might be able to do to help um, expose AMFA and put this end, put an end to this raid? Yeah, anybody with friends and family in the airline industry, particularly at American Airlines, you know, get the word out to them that AMFA is not a union in the traditional sense of the word. They they are, in fact, a bunch of bottom feeding, powerless kind of um, craft bureaucrats that are that are really selling a dream, and uh, and that's the, and the, they're selling a dream that they can't fulfill, and the mechanics. The jet mechanics at American Airlines belong the where they are with the TW, with the fighting Democratic Union that delivered this contract to them that advanced their livelihoods. There's no union in this country that's going to deliver a fight for workers like the TW, and whether that be in the airline industry or elsewhere. All right, and John, before I let you go, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, I just want to say congratulations on the tentative contract agreement with JetBlue. And you did that right in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, I think it's the first contract with in-flight crew members at, at JetBlue. It is, yeah. And actually, Gary is on his phone call, and, and Gary played a large role in that. And um, so thanks to him. But but m- more importantly, thanks to our negotiating team of rank-and-file in-flight crew members, our flight attendants at JetBlue. And, you know, what an incredible thing to bargain this contract to fruition um, during the middle of the pandemic, and it was done virtually. It didn't begin virtually, but COVID-19 um, kind of warranted that it, it it be finished off virtually. And yeah, we've now uh, we've been able to deliver a job security and and other gains in the middle of the pandemic, and in a time when the airline industry is in an absolute complete state of flux, and perhaps in a, a further downward spiral uh, as we go into 2021. So it's really. Uh, an incredible feat by our our rank and file team of in-flight crew members at JetBlue. Well, congratulations to both of you then. And TWU International President John Samuelson and TWU International Vice President Gary Peterson, I just want to thank you both for coming on the podcast. And as you know, our president, Mario Salento, is behind you 100% in derailing this raid and, uh, as always, lends the support of the 2.5 million members of the New York State AFL-CIO in that fight. So thank you again to both of you, and uh, stay safe. Yeah, thank you for giving us your time. Thanks. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.